Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to Marvelous Monday. It is great to be right back here with you on today, and so we're going to find out who's on with us tonight. Miss Rihanna is going to be out tonight, and I'm going to be hosting. So let's see if our team is here, because uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight, uh, Sadly, we have uh, one of our giants uh, who's left us, and so uh, we're still going to focus on letting people know all about uh, COVID-19 and the things that uh, need to take place. But before we get uh, to that point, uh, Dr. Hagney, are you there? I don't know if Dr. Hagney is in yet. And what about you, Mr. Arthur? Are you there? Arthur is not there. So what about you, our illustrious uh, Pastor Michael Cooper, uh, our candidate for governor for the great state of Texas, who's doing an amazing job out there on the campaign trail, talking to people everywhere. Uh, On last night, before I get going, on last night I'll brief you on our uh, Zoom call that we had on last night uh, with the uh, Democratic Party. Uh, from all across Texas, various ones from various locations throughout the state. And we were talking about the various propositions that's going to be voted on uh, for uh, this coming up election time. Uh, Early voting um, is already ready to get started. We also know that there's a big uh, election going on out there in Virginia, uh, that that governor's uh, election. And so Mr. Uh, former Governor McAuliffe is running again, and so he's running against Young, and it's just getting to be an ugly fight out there. But uh, but he is keeping his cool, and he is making sure that the things that uh, that he's supposed to do, and that is to educate the people on how. Oh, Miss Rihanna, you're on. Okay, so you have something to say real quickly, Miss Rihanna, before you take off, and let us know who's on with us tonight. Sure. I figured I'd better hop on until the guys show up. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> um, She's so good. I, I know that uh, Dr. Hagney, when he gets on, he will give his uh, awesome updates and rundown on COVID. But And I know that you're going to be talking about this tonight, but just because of the misinformation unfortunately, that began uh, immediately upon the announcement, uh, our beloved General uh, Colin Powell passed away, as we know, of complications to COVID-19 this morning, Um, and uh, I'm upset and saddened, as I'm sure you were, to see the... um, (laughs) 
Well, Fox News, I just you just have to name them, um, immediately starting to say things, oh, this raises questions because he was fully vaccinated. So for anyone out there who has not heard uh, the news yet, Colin Powell was suffering from blood cancer. His immune system was compromised. Uh, yes, he was fully vaccinated, but the reason that we continue to mask up the reason that we all need to be vaccinated with both doses and the booster if it's recommended and needed for you is to protect people like General Colin Powell, who was 84 years old and being treated for blood cancer. Yes. Um, so and and prostate is, cancer. You know, Don't forget that one. Yes, and prostate yes cancer ma'am. As well. Yes, ma'am. And so they brought up the numbers. Well, you know, 7,000 people, fully vaccinated people have now died of COVID. Yes, and 700,000 have died unvaccinated. So this was a special, not a special circumstance. This this was an individual circumstance, an anecdotal uh, piece of information as far as the COVID story goes. I I really was upset to see that misinformation go out. And not to mention the fact that it's literally, even though it was the final moment, one moment of a lifetime that leads to such a legacy, that blazed such a trail, that shaped uh, American foreign policy. And Pastor Cooper's on with us. Welcome, Pastor Cooper. And I'm going to I'm going to leave my comments thank there you. for this. <laughs> right. So. Well, let, let me just have Pastor Cooper. Thank you for coming in as always. And yes. uh, we we've already kicked off to start talking about uh, the late and great uh, Colonel. Excuse me. Strike that. Uh, General uh, Colin Powell and the demise due to. Uh, complications of COVID, and Ms. Rihanna is uh, explaining so beautifully that uh, that Colin Powell was very compromised with his issues with uh, uh, multiple, multiple myelomas. He had blood cancer. He had prostate cancer that he was being treated for. But what the point is that we're, that somewhere along the way, people are not bringing to the forefront, and that is he didn't give COVID to himself. Someone gave him yes. COVID, and so we have to remember that. And uh, and that person, uh, and and also we we have to we have to not forget that that there is no drug that is one hundred percent. And I've mentioned this time and time again. Even your hypertensive medication is not one hundred percent. It could work on some people and not work on others. But the but but the bulk of the people hypertensive drugs uh, work for and work on, just like diabetes medication and any other uh, medications that you work for. And I've always used this example as well, and that is that I am strictly allergic to amoxicillin. Is, is amoxicillin a bad drug? No, of course not. I bet Ms. Right. Rihanna could probably take it, Pastor Cooper could probably take it, but Shirley McKellar cannot take it. I'll end up in the hospital. I ended up on a machine, and I seven days in the hospital from taking amoxicillin. So I have to take something else 
that uh, mm-hmm. that would be comparable to an antibiotic that would work the same, but it has to be very yeah. differently. So, uh, so let's yeah. just keep and that Dr. in McKellen, mind. Some, yes, ma'am. Sorry, yes. Well, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to. I have another example. It's a little uh, lighter, on a lighter note of the examples. Um, okay. Birth control, uh, oral contraceptives yes. for women are, yes. what, 90, oh, gosh, 8% effective? Eight, two 98, of, 98. Two of yeah. my children were conceived <laughs> while I was taking, faithfully taking, <laughs> oral contraceptives. Faithfully. So, so right. you know. Excellent point. Yes, everybody out there thinks, you know, that that's a foolproof kind of thing. Well, you know what? Sometimes you're in the 2%. Sometimes you're in the 4%. Okay. It just happens. That's right. That's right. It just happens. That's exactly uh, correct on that. So, uh, so yes, the ri- but but let's keep in mind the risk is very very low, yes. and fully vaccinated people who even experience uh, COVID nineteen experience very low uh, ill days. They don't end up in the hospital. They 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 don't end up on a life support machine, a ventilator, they just don't end up there. But those who are unvaccinated that become very ill with COVID-19 end up. I've had two people to call me today and say, my family member is on life support and they don't expect that family member to make it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a tragedy. It's a sad thing. Pastor Coop, I know you may have some comments. We're, we're waiting for uh, Dr. Hagney to come in to uh, to brief us on the latest uh, that's going on in the COVID world and and the work that they continue to do to help to make sure that people are vaccinated so that we can save more lives and people don't and have to continue Dr. to be a part of those large numbers. Go ahead, Ms. Rihanna, and then we're going to pass Dr. McKellar, uh, I'm sorry, Pastor Cooper, but I just want to say um, there's a number on that I don't recognize. Dr. Hagney, if that is you, press 1 and welcome Mr. Arthur. Nine is it a 903? That's, it's a that's 903, but Dr. I don't Dr. recognize it. Dr. Larry Wade. Uh, is, is, oh, hi, hi uh, Mr. Arthur, how are you? Uh, there's a, uh, Dr. Larry Wade that's going to be one of our guests on tonight, and that's possibly uh, his number, and I'll tell you the first three of his number. But go ahead, uh, Mr. Arthur, how are you doing? Good evening. Oh, good, go ahead. Good, 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 good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How y'all doing? Hey, great. Ms. Rihanna is 452. Okay, yes, that. That line is open, and I've got all the lines okay. open now. That's me. That's me, Larry. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Arthur, and and uh, finish your greetings, and then we'll have Pastor Cooper to do his greetings, and then we'll uh, we'll introduce uh, uh, Pastor Larry Way. Okay. Mr. Uh, Arthur, how are everybody doing? I hope you're doing great. Uh, a lot of stuff still happening in the world, so uh, we're gonna have we have some great conversation tonight, I'm sure. Uh, Colin Powell passed today, as you all, as you all know. Now, and, and, now, now, look here. I love I love Colin Powell. I, I love him. Uh, he he, yeah. he only did two things that I had a problem with, and that was Haiti, and and when he let them talk him into uh, going to war. But other than that, 
you know, hey, I, I was hoping he was going to run for president. I probably would have voted for him, I tell you. I mean, I, 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 mean, mm-hmm. I know, I, know I would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His family just well, you know, he's just a good guy with good character, and and I figured, you know, he yeah. might could help America, you know. So, uh, but yeah. I say, you know, but he he saw it coming. He said, "Oh no, I'm not doing none of that." So he, you know, he he, he went on with Obama at the time. Remember that when went, went against uh, mm-hmm. uh, McCain and went on with right. Obama because he knew better. So so he tried to make amends for those uh, errors that he made. So you know, hey. Yeah. Well, he is a human being just like all the rest of us, and we right, all make errors, right. and we all, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. and we served in we served in that war, and so mm-hmm. when he recognized that that was what, when how he was briefed and what he was briefed on, he recognized that they that was not true, and then he came back and and said, I, you know. They didn't believe yeah, right. They didn't tell us the yeah, truth. What was that guy named? What, what, what was the CIA guy named? The one that got him, the one that lied to him, and had him up there. You know what I mean? And he had him sitting next to him. What, what was that guy named? The CIA yeah, guy, because he wanted he did. No, 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 no Rumsfeld was. No, it wasn't was, Rumsfeld. Was, yeah. Rumsfeld was over the, uh, the Pentagon. The one that, the, the one he said, I'm not going unless he's sitting here with me. And then you know the the uh, 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 CIA guy. I, I can't think of his name, but he's the one. He 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 the one that was dirty. You know, and he talked. Right. You know, he talked about you know, Powell. You know, he didn't hold on to his moral authority that time. He better go, and it you know got him in trouble. You know, but uh, <laughs> okay. well, what can I say? Well, <laughs> he's still, you know, there's no perfect being, right? None of us, right, Pastor Cooper? Come on in, Pastor Cooper, and talk to us about about these perfect people. Are there any? No. No, the, none, none is righteous. No, not one. We know that. That's scripture. No, we, not we, one. We back it up with the script, the not Bible. one. Right. And so we get excited about uh, actually uh, uh, Colonel Powell because of the fact that uh, he was complicated. And that's what I like about him is that he, he, he tried to do the things that were right, and sometimes there were challenges in doing so. And that's why I also would have voted for him. And uh, that's what it takes. And hopefully you can learn from your lessons and, and move on and make better decisions that's later right. on. That's right. And, and that's exactly how you have to look at that. Right. It won't repeat it. <laughs> but uh, tonight, uh, and doctor, we're ready to. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead, Ms. Rand. Dr. Hagney is on now. Hello. Yes, good evening, Dr. Hagney. How are you? How are you doing? We're doing great. We're just we're just waiting for you to come on in so you can brief us on what we need to know about COVID nineteen and all the different things. We were just kind of lightheartedly talking about General Colin Powell and his demise due to uh, complications of COVID nineteen. Obviously, you know we're distressed and just saddened by by that. We lost a giant uh, in this oh, nation. Yeah. That was, uh, he was an amazing, amazing, let me tell you what, when he walked into a room, he walked in, out on the battlefield and, and just gave a few words of uh, encouragement to to uh, Conrad. I mean, it uh, it just boosted, it just tipped that morale to uh, the sky, the highest level. But go ahead, uh, Dr. Hagney. And uh, yeah. we have uh, we have Pastor Larry Wade on with us tonight, and so uh, so he's got a message for us. It's it's uh, no pun intended, but we're going to be talking about uh, a cemetery that that 
Black-owned, predominantly Black-owned, where Black folk are buried, even war, great warriors are buried that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Castellary Wade has uncovered. So uh, oh, after you like, brief us, like... yes, yes, you know about it. So after you brief us a little bit on uh, COVID-19, <laughs> and we'll have a little bit more discussion on that, then we'll bring uh, uh, Dr. Larry Wade in. <clears throat> all right. Well, you know, uh, first of all, um, uh, Colin, you know, just my military, my military background this morning when I heard that when you texted me, you know, it just it was just it just hardened. But he was he was a gentleman, and, <clears throat> and uh, he was he was an example of you know where we want to be and, and what he stood for. He loved his country, loved his family, and so what else can you say about such a young man? <clears throat> but also, there was something when we talk about the virus. Uh, you know, this virus is very consistent. And uh, what it basically highlights <clears throat> one of the reasons we looked at uh, individuals who are um, uh, exposed, preconditioned, and, um, and earlier histories. And that it highlights that uh, <clears throat> to show, and the emphasis, of course, when we talk about the booster, but back to this vaccine, this virus, it is, it is a, well, it's just, it's just being consistent. And uh, and it, what it's doing is it was active, and to a certain extent, <clears throat> well, we that's where well, we just had our Zoom meeting with our task force uh, group tonight. <clears throat> that's why I'm really I'm late. We uh, posted some like 20 uh, clinics from Texas County all the way to Bo- near Beaumont, <clears throat> getting word out we've had to this past weekend. So just seeing <clears throat> the uh, I would say the change of uh, attitudes about the uh, virus, uh, particularly, you know, we focus in the communities of color <clears throat> and see that change occur. And I, I, I really personally feel that we're getting that information out to individuals, individuals coming forth. <clears throat> but the role of the black church, I can't say enough, the success we've having here in this territory is because of the black church and the role they're playing and how we able to, we are reaching individuals. <clears throat> But you know, when we think about uh, the uh, this, uh, this vaccine, what is indication is an excellent vaccine, and when we look at all the discussions about uh, who should be uh, uh, vaccinated, <clears throat> it just confirms when we talk about immune uh, individual uh, antibody levels and bodies and everything. It was a classic example of uh, what happened, and this is it just reiterated again when we the importance of. Uh, Getting the individual vaccinated, <clears throat> particularly with people with uh, preconditions, we look at the death rate and look at all the involvement. We can see the, the importance of uh, the preconditions, and I hopefully that this would, because uh, <clears throat> you know after this we've had two other sites call us saying they want us to bring the vaccine there, and, and so and I think is. Uh, it's getting in the word is getting out, but I think the information from this is the importance of getting those individuals that pre with preconditions and the role of the antibody level. <clears throat> but also show when I first heard that that first announcement was he was he was uh, totally vaccinated. That wasn't the complete story. The other complete story was his condition, his preconditions. So that's why I really appreciated them telling the complete story. Because that could have been individuals said, well, he was uh, he received both vaccines, and therefore, look what happened to him. But the complete story was his precondition, and that's the point we need to drive home. 
And uh, there was a mention this afternoon, there's another variant, there's another variant of the virus to call it uh, Delta Plus. <clears throat> it's been identified in uh, in, uh, in uh, Europe and also it's also been identified in America. So it, it's utmost important we try to uh, fill the gap with this, with this, with the vaccine, get people vaccinated of all levels and uh, get that warm in. But the, because this virus, we need to understand about the mutation of this virus. There is a need for more education <clears throat> about, the, about, about the virus, about the vaccines, and that was our discussion at Zoom earlier tonight. <clears throat> and that's what we're doing. We continue to, to correct the good information out there, and that's what we need to keep moving forward with this information because the uh, vaccine is constantly uh, showing us where we are exactly right with this vaccine and what, is it, what it's telling us. So uh, hopefully this will uh, convince more people about this vaccine, why why they need to take it. Uh, we're having people now calling and want us to come back the second and third time for the boosters. <clears throat> want to mention again about the boosters. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they both, uh, all three are basically been approved by the, recommended by the committee. Of course, Pfizer is approved. Hopefully, I haven't heard recently what the, what the Moderna and Johnson Johnson, what they're going to do with that. But I'm quite sure that the Moderna and the Johnson Johnson booster will uh, be approved. For, by CDC for utilization, and once that happens, then I think we can sort of start closing the gap we're seeing here. That means the individuals who have had the virus, that's the, the immune level, they need to boost us. And it was, this was documented over and over uh, again today. There's importance of getting the boosters, getting people out there, but also just showing about the immune system. The significance of our immune system, the role our immune system play uh, in, in the defense of this virus but we, I think this was an educational moment. This was a teaching moment for the cure today that we need to adhere to what the scientists are saying. We need to hear and be very aggressive. And it, it was sadly to see here today in some of the police departments, I'm not going to name the cities, that they're resisting the, uh, the vaccine. I, you know, and, 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 the, and the protests that are going on in California and other places. We just keep praying for our healthcare workers, the schools, the individual school. I think one of the school districts somewhere they're they're protesting it. So we got to pro, uh, pray for our healthcare workers, our school individuals, and just keep moving forward uh, and, and get as many vaccinations into people as possible, and continue the education uh, of this. And, and uh, no no medication, no vaccine is perfect. So and, and we need to understand that. But we do know these vaccines are very good. And so they're our, they're our defense, so we need to get people vaccinated. And, uh, you know, the Delta numbers are there. And, and nothing thing, nothing in Karen, the, what we're seeing, the, uh, the lifespans and the, uh, the side effects, the disparity in healthcare is being really highlighted by this, by, this, by this virus. And the numbers, the disparity numbers out there are really not good. So we need to look at the total individual preconditions and all and treat, uh, we talk about the octopus approach, to treat all the areas, uh, you know, all the cancers and all the areas, all preconditions. So we need all hands on board and just keep moving forward uh, and, and, and have people understand this virus is for real and we need to keep moving forward and get as many people vaccinated as possible and watch the science and listen to what scientists are telling us about this vaccine because it's, it's being consistent. Okay, very good. I'll tell you what, uh, Dr. Hagney, we – Outstanding. We are going to 
We're going to go and listen to uh, Pastor Larry Wade, and then we're going to come back uh, to talk more about this and talk about uh, the general and and COVID and the fact uh, the the itching question out there uh, in the nation is: Should staff be forced uh, to take a vaccine uh, versus uh, them losing their jobs and uh, uh, them walking away uh, from their jobs? Because uh, we can see that this this virus is not going away. It, it it's still a part of our lives. COVID-19 is still a part of our lives. We've got these new variants, and Dr. Hadden has already mentioned uh, the Delta variant. Now there's Delta Plus, and then we have the Mu, the MU. So, uh, so it looks like the only way that we are going to be able to have some form of normalcy is if we get up to 90 to 95 percent uh, of people vaccinated in this nation. So hold those points right there. And we're going to bring in uh, Pastor Larry Wade. Good evening, uh, Pastor Wade. Uh, come on Good in evening. and just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing right here in the great city of Tyler, Texas, in regards to uh, cemeteries that have been shut down and grown up and grown over. And let me tell you guys out there that are listening, the amazing work that that uh, Pastor Wade is doing uh, with his group and his team is outstanding. Welcome to Marvelous Monday, sir. Good evening, Dr. McKellar and others listening. I'm glad to be a part of the program this evening. Uh, I am Larry Wade. I was born and raised here in Tyler, Texas. I grew up in North Tyler, graduated from John Tyler High School, and after college came back and taught there twice before going to Longview, becoming a counselor, and on to Marshall, becoming a principal. Uh, I retired a few years ago, but I have been substituting back here in Tyler ISD and uh, high school and sometimes middle school students. About 15 years ago, I started uh, a historical society for African-Americans. I had already been a member of the Smith County Historical Society downtown Tyler and other different organizations throughout the years. Uh, But I saw the need and others uh, encouraged me to start uh, an organization that we could uh, study our history uh, more carefully. And so I started the Tyler Smith County African American Historic Society and went on to start six or seven others in other counties in East Texas. And now I uh, have the Monday umbrella of National African American Historic Society with a goal one day of being all over the United States in every county. Uh, it is a challenging work, but it's very rewarding. And right now we are in the process of identifying and cleaning up and restoring abandoned black cemeteries in the area. We started about a year ago with one called Universe uh, off Highway 64 East. Uh, this cemetery uh, was part of a community uh, that was started by a black man by the name of Ben Goss in the late 1800s. He was very wealthy. He started a school. He started a church in his home. And then he provided land with others for this cemetery, which is the only thing left there. Uh, there are over 300 uh, blacks buried there, uh, some notable in this community, uh, namesake W.A. Pete, uh, Miles Anderson, who was an All-American running back, and his parents, who were the brother of the late Alvin Anderson, who passed away last year, longtime educator here in Tyler, Maurice Harvey, longtime uh, musician and great educator, and many others, and also former slaves. 
And now we have started on another cemetery called Garrett Cemetery near Grundy behind Kendrick Cemetery in the Holly Tree area. There are many others that have been reported, and uh, we are on the way of trying to get to them. But uh, I would like to appeal to the community that we need help. Naturally, we cannot do this by ourselves, but we are just spearheading this effort uh, through our historical society to try to appeal to the community that we need to uh, go back and rediscover our heritage and preserve it uh, through the work that we are trying to do. Very good. Now, Pastor Wade, these cemeteries that we're talking about, these are uh, African-Americans who are buried in these cemeteries for the, for the most part, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So who was it that helped you to discover uh, we're going to start with the, uh, the the Goss Cemetery, the one that you talked about, that how wealthy the gentleman was. He started a church and all of that. How did you find out about uh, this cemetery? Uh, through one of my historian friends, uh, uh, Vicki Betts, uh, who is in the Smith County Historic Society with myself, uh, I'd like to note that I have been the only African American active member for years, and now I'm on the board. The only, the first, yeah. excuse me, first African American on the board, and I have a lot of friends on in the African American in the uh, Smith County Historic Society. Uh, and she uh, made me aware of this, and when she did, I told her we got to do something about it. Uh, there was an Andy Lee who also was a part of it. He passed away last year, and a few others. But when she brought it to my attention last year, I said we must. Uh, do something about this. And so along with her and others in our society and, and, and uh, even some in the Texas African-American Museum, uh, Gloria Washington, uh, I brought it to her attention. And uh, we started out as a team effort to, uh, start it, uh, to start cleaning up the universe. Okay. Now, I know it's, it's small historical groups and societies such as yourself that play a major role in trying to protect and preserve uh, our historical markers and all of that. You mentioned uh, Maurice uh, Harvey. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about, well, well, let me just mention the fact that there was a group who reached out to me and says that they have funding and money that they would like to uh, give scholarships in his honor because he was an amazing musician uh, here, a yeah. graduate of Emmett Scott High School here in Tyler, Texas. And uh, so, so to find these various uh, graves that were unmarked, how were, how were you able to do that? Because many, I was out there with you one Saturday, and there was many that did not have markers, right? For the most part, do they have markers so that you'll know exactly uh, what graves belong to? Some, uh, many have markers, but many do not have markers. In fact, uh, we have not found the grave site of Maurice Harvey. We know that he is buried there, and he was one of the last uh, burials there uh, uh, in the year 2000 and something. And in, if anyone knows exactly where he was buried, we would certainly like to know uh, to, uh, uh, so that we can so that can go go forth to put that marker. But we do have many markers out there, even a World War One and two veterans. And you were there to be our guest speaker when we had a service. Uh, to uh, honor those veterans of World War One and World War Two, which was a very touching and moving uh, ceremony that we had there. And uh, yeah. but we would like to know where Maurice Harvey is buried. That's the sad thing about when 
cemeteries are abandoned, many times uh, those people will be forgotten. And uh, we, we do want to uh, find his, his grave site. I have talked to uh, some of the funeral directors in this area, uh, particularly who was responsible for his burial. And there's no plat, as we know it, of who exactly uh, is buried where, like you would have in a cemetery like Evergreen. But there are many that we can't identify. They do have markers. Some have been damaged. And so we are in the process of trying to locate uh, as many of the people where, who are buried there. Sometimes family members uh, help. We've had family members, particularly of the Gauss family, uh, who have come back from out of town as well as in town and have identified areas uh, along with some other veterans. Uh, and, but we are looking for some because there are others who also want to put markers uh, on particular grave sites. And we need the help right. of the community in that regard. Right. So then what you're saying to us is that there is not an organization of some type that can tell us exactly who's buried where. It, it, shouldn't there be some kind of association of some kind established that says, I mean, I, I don't know, it just seems like that there should be some kind of record or history uh, somewhere in some archives to say where uh, where people are buried. And you say no. Well, unfortunately, and years ago, there were not always uh, the best records kept as to where people were buried like there are now. And this is sure. the problem that we are running into. Uh, old programs or obituaries are people who are alive that can re- remember that is a great help uh, in finding certain grave sites. But years ago, and then sometimes records are burned, uh, they are destroyed sure. uh, over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that that's something that happens also. But if there are living relatives that know where their relatives were buried, that would be a great help to us. And that's what we are trying to identify uh, uh, as much as we can where everyone is buried uh, in the cemetery. For example, Garrett is, is a jungle. Uh, when I was brought, when this was brought to my attention after they heard about Universe, and I did go out there and look at it, I said, oh, my God, it looks like a jungle right now. And we've only sure. cleaned just the entrance. And, and this Saturday we are planning to have our second cleanup of Garrett and continue Universe from 9 to 12 a.m. for anyone that might want to come and help. Uh, we, we're going to be working on that one. Okay, very good. So, my goodness, this, how how can the community help otherwise? I know that the cleaning and all of that, but are there funding and resources that you need in order to uh, to figure out how you can preserve? Because there's a lot of history uh, out there, especially and particularly for that cemetery that that I was out there with you at that one time. Uh, and yes. I, I was just amazed of uh, of how many graves were out there. I had never heard of that particular cemetery. What are some of the other ways that, that people who are listening out there in the community that can assist you uh, in this historical preservation? Well, first of all, we uh, started last year a plan to have a monthly cleanup. Every third Saturday we started cleaning up Universe from 9 to 12. Now, this Saturday, we're doing it fourth Saturday because last Saturday was the Rose Parade and the Rose Festival last week. Sure. So we put it off yeah. the fourth Saturday. So if they would just contact me on my, my telephone number is 903-452-3310. Uh, uh, contact me. I can tell them how they can help us. We've had a few 
uh, organizations to help. We've had high school students. We've had college students. We have had people in the community of uh, white, black, and different races to come. Uh, they can uh, write me at NAAHS, uh, P.O. Box 8090, Tyler, Texas, 75711. They can send donations to that address. We've had some donations already sent in in the past uh, year from across uh, the area and the country. And uh, that's another way that they can uh, if they can donate money, they can donate supplies. We need equipment like power saws and rake holes, uh, different things like that. We need uh, weed eaters. Uh, they can donate equipment like some equipment has been donated. One of our notable banks have donated uh, equipment. Others have donated and sent money. And that's what we need right now. We need equipment. We need money. We need people that are willing. If, if the different uh, service organization churches could pick a time when they could come uh, and get in touch with me, then we would we would we would be glad for them. In fact, this is one of the next steps that I'm trying to take is to really appeal, particularly to our black community, to understand these are our cemeteries, these are our people buried there, and it's, it would be a tragedy to continue after knowing that they are there to abandon them and not do anything about it. So I'm hoping that churches, service organizations, community clubs, whatever, whoever. Uh, of whatever race will pitch in and say, we'll help, we'll pick a month, we'll pick a, a time when we can come and help. So we need all the help we can get because these, these are all of our cemeteries and these are all of our people that are buried there. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about your, uh, your organization, which is a nonprofit organization. And uh, as far as your membership development initiative, if you're looking for people to join, uh, to become a, an active part of your organization, would you like to speak on that? Yes, we, we need more people to join. We uh, meet every second Tuesday from 6 to 7.30 uh, at 200 South Glenwood Boulevard. This is our headquarters and our museum. We have a museum that uh, we have uh, a lot of artifacts and mirabilia. Right now we are uh, doing some work of, uh, of remodeling uh, and repairs to our building. Uh, but they can come to our meetings every second Tuesday or let, let us know uh, that they would like to be a member, and we can uh, – it's very minimal uh, to join uh, our our society and our organization. It is nonprofit, uh, and we are preserving history. Donations are, are coming in all the time. Uh, people would be surprised what we have in our museum. And we used to have, uh, and we plan to have in the future, more recognition of outstanding African Americans. Uh, you are aware, and you are part of that, uh, and, uh, of honoring each year outstanding African Americans from all over East Texas and what they have done. Yeah. And this is part of the purpose that I started. I taught history before I became a counselor and a principal. Uh, I majored in it in, in social studies. Uh, I majored right. in it and taught history and geography for years. And my parents uh, talked it around the table at home and in our uh, atmosphere. We, we heard history from our grandparents, our parents, and relatives. And I developed an interest as a child. I was a Boy Scout. I became one of the first Black Eagle Scouts here in Tyler. And we went around to cemeteries and had ceremonies and cleanups around. And so I, 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 I gained an interest early uh, to respect those who have gone before us. And, um, you know, and so we, we should appreciate our ancestors because we are standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. 
Very good. So can you tell us then the difference between the historical society that you have and the Texas African American Museum? Uh, what's the difference? Yes. Well, the difference is we, we have been in existence almost 15 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Texas African American Museum is doing a great job. Uh, they've been in existence uh, maybe uh, three or four years. And like I said, they're doing a great work. Uh, but when we started, there was very little effort here in this area to preserve African-American history. And I saw the need uh, to do that, to uh, start. So we started out collecting history, preserving history, honoring outstanding African-Americans and doing things in this area that had not been done before. And we pioneered a path uh, for others uh, that have come on, like Texas African-American Museum and others, uh, to help preserve history. And again, I'm very proud of what they're doing, and uh, we are yeah. trying to encourage uh, wherever it may be, even downtown Tyler, there is some African-American history, but uh, even they encourage me uh, to uh, do what I'm doing now also to try to get more history from our people. Very good. Yeah, you have some beautiful artifacts and things that are, are there in the historical society, very impressive uh, things that de- deal way back into uh, the Emmett Scott era, which I'm uh, very proud to walk around in there and see uh, artifacts and things that I can relate to uh, in our rich, rich history here in Tiber. Uh, I'm, I'm going to open up and, and let see if any of the other uh, team members have some questions of you, uh, Pastor. And uh, yeah. we'll start. We'll start with we'll start with uh, Dr. Hagney. Of course, Dr. Hagney knows you very well and knows the work that you're doing here. But Dr. Hagney, you have any uh, words or comments from for? Uh, uh, passed away. Dr. Hadney. Now, okay. Can you hear me now? I'm we very, can. I'm, yeah. very I'm, I'm very impressed with what you're doing. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Pastor Monroe who said the richest place on earth is a cemetery because so many people have died, so many visions and dreams are buried in our cemeteries. Uh, I'm on yeah. the Turkey County Historical Commission. As you all know, I've been there for a number of years. A uh, couple of questions uh, uh, is that uh, when, when one thing that you all know, uh, the state laws in the state of Texas, a, a site has to be designated as a cemetery. Uh, and to, as you well know, that's so critical now because all the development is going on in East Texas. And people will come in and buy a lot of land where there are cemeteries. If that site is not uh, as a cemetery, it actually can be destroyed, and I'm afraid that what that might be happening a lot. But also, of course, I want to ask you about, you know, is the, um, when people say they find a cemetery and they want to go in and clean the cemetery, as you well know, the question I want to ask, uh, cleaning tombstones, um, and what procedure, because I can recommend to you and people to help you clean cemeteries, uh, because the, as you well know, the history in cemeteries was there because of that might be a lot of headstones there, as you all know from Africa. It could be a Coke ball, it could be a piece of glass, it could be a rock that's a headstone. So it's very critical individually you careful when they go into those regional cemetery sites. I was gonna ask you specifically about when you clean what when you clean the cemeteries, are you uh, uh the chemicals how, how are you training your people to clean the cemeteries? As you all know, you just a lot of people think you can use soap soap and water and steel brushes and all that. That's a no no. So what are you uh uh, how are you going teaching people how to clean the cemetery? Because I can recommend to some people who you that are doing workshops on cleaning, how to clean cemeteries, 
type of chemicals that can be used and everything. So I, that was my question, how you're going about training people how to uh, clean a, um, a, a headstone. Well, first of all, we do not use rakes and metal shovels on the tombstones themselves. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the first things I instruct them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where there's dirt and ground, uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, we clean those with those mm-hmm. uh, metal shovels and mm-hmm. dig dirt, whatever. But the actual tombstones themselves, we do not use any kind of metal to, so that we can preserve them. Uh, Universe right. is a very old cemetery, so uh, what we have been doing basically is just sweeping off dirt, uh, okay. wiping off dirt from the uh, tombstones until we can do uh, more cleaning, more detailed okay. cleaning at a later date because they are so okay. old, so fresh, we have to be so careful. And so yes. we have not done extensive cleaning to the tombstone, but we have w- wiped them off, uh, swept okay. off with, with, okay. with a, a broom or something like that until we can do okay. the more extensive cleaning. <clears throat> okay, okay, excellent. Excellent, very good. I can and, recommend. and let me jump in to say that, uh, Dr. Hagney, the bulk of the work that I saw is all the weeds and grass mm-hmm. and, and all the mm-hmm. trees that are growing up all around there that they were able to take those those weeds down. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. was amazing what it looked like before and what it looks like now. But that, I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that point out. That's an excellent point, so go right ahead, Dr. Hagney. Yes, yes, that is that is so true. Yes, well, Dr. McCaffrey. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to mention that I'm. Yeah, I wanted to mention that I'm a longtime member of the Oakwood Cemetery Committee. Uh, And uh, this Saturday, after we have our cleanup from nine to twelve at uh, Universe in in Garrett, uh, for the first time, I will be a part of the spirits, what we call spirits of Oakwood, which is held usually in the spring annually, but because of COVID, it was postponed to this Saturday from one to four. And uh, at the Oakwood Cemetery, we have a lot of old burials from uh, back to the 1800s of uh, citizens of Tyler and Smith County. We have veterans, uh, mostly Confederate veterans, but some union veterans. We have a Jewish section. And uh, recently there, uh, it was brought to their attention that we have a black section there with about 179 burials uh, on the Palace Street side. Uh, this is one of the reasons that encouraged me to join that society when I heard that and saw it in the paper. So this Saturday, uh, yours truly, myself, will be uh, there talking about that section, uh, narrating for those who, when they come to that area, uh, there'll be those who will be playing, portraying different people buried there, but I will be the one in the black section called Section 8 uh, on the Palace Street side for the first time. Uh, I'll be narrating about this section that was bulldozed years ago. You can't, you don't see just a few tombstones. Uh, Brooke Sterling put a monument out there some years ago, but I want to say, and in that Oakwood Cemetery Committee, uh, I'm learning a lot about uh, what you just mentioned about tombstone uh, cleaning. Uh, and yes. these a lot of techniques that I'm learning is going to be uh, used in our cemetery cleanup of our black cemetery. I'm glad you mentioned that, and it triggered my thoughts about uh, I'm learning a lot from them in the Oakwood Cemetery Committee. But we will be having the Spirits of Oakwood uh, this coming Saturday, and uh, for a minimal fee, you can come in and you'll get the tour, 
And when you come to my section, I will be there talking about uh, that section where 179 blacks are buried, most of them unnamed. Wow. Wow. That's something? Unnamed. And and let me just tell you that, and and this is no secret, everybody knows that, that that the African-Americans were just, I mean, their tombstones were not just set up and established. They may have a little bit of of something that's about the size of a, say, uh, a little card that used to have their names and that was a little, you guys remember that little silver thing that they would stick in the ground Mm -hmm. and maybe a little index card size that they yeah. stick inside of this little thing that when the re- mm-hmm. the, the uh, rain and the weather came, uh, right. it got washed exactly. away, and that's probably exactly why we don't know who's buried uh, in those graves. Right, yeah. And another reason, Dr. McKell, another thing, uh, some years ago, the records uh, were burned uh, in a fire in a building. Uh, that's the sad thing, too. And in, in that building, I'm quite sure there were names of who was buried buried there, uh, sure. you know, and also this area was bulldozed uh, some years ago by the owner at that time, and so mm-hmm. that's very unfortunate. And someone yeah. mentioned something earlier about development. Many of our cemeteries are sitting up under commercial development. Uh, exactly. This is the sad thing. That's the sad thing, too. And if we don't rescue those, I, I, I would also like to point out that there's one right now that a man called me the other day and want me to come soon to look at to see if it can be preserved because he's getting ready to build a development in that same area. And so mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. this is even universes right now on the, on the uh, uh, border uh, of, 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 of development all around it. And if we had not discovered it when we did to do what we have done, it too could mm-hmm. have been leveled and up under exactly. commercial development. So some that's of this a, is, is Yes, it's, it's a matter of time. Right. Yeah. That was that point I mentioned earlier. In state Texas law, you, you designate the site as a cemetery. That that's to a certain extent the the legal protection you have uh, in the state yeah. of Texas, and also the highway department groups when they're developing highways. As we know, a lot of a lot of communities. Have, well, just we know what happened in North Dallas, but the highway department is very. Um, Supportive to a certain extent uh, about because uh, they send out uh, information about if there is any historical cemeteries there or whatever, whatever now because it's so strict. So yes, staying in touch with the the highway department, that group, they know the laws, and so therefore, because what they've done in the past, as you mentioned, there are a lot of cities that have been destroyed, black cities have been destroyed by by development, freeway highways going right through the area. So you're right, but yeah. Get that, get that protection. But also, I want to mention ground penetration. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a technology. When you find yeah. spaces like that, to use that on those vacant spaces, because a lot of times vacant spaces, because they're not marked, like Dr. McKellar mentioned earlier, those plastic paper things are destroyed by weather and everything. But found, uh, the, the ground penetration radiation, they, well, they, will, they can identify grades throughout the area. So I would highly recommend... And we go to a place when they're speaking inside a cemetery. Well, let me say this. Right. Uh, the, the 179 blacks that are buried at Oakwood, this is one of the reasons, uh, of ways that it was discovered that they were buried there. Someone was digging uh, to put down some kind of uh, 
posts or uh, ten or mm-hmm. something, and they mm-hmm. struck something. And when mm-hmm. they struck it, they said, "Oh, yeah. we better see what's going on here." And they brought mm-hmm. in some of the uh, scientific crew, uh, and right. the scientific crew found uh, that there were evidence that probably there were grave sites. All uh, about 179, they counted anomalies uh, in in the Oakwood section of eight that I'm talking about. That's how they found it through scientific. Uh, uh, means after they dug and struck something, uh, then they said yeah. we need to bring some scientific equipment. That's what's going on now. We have an ongoing Excellent. process going on with the Oakwood Cemetery of restoration. Excellent. And Excellent. one day we hope to actually see as much as we can see of those grave sites. Excellent. Excellent. Great. And I hope okay. to do the same for some of the black cemeteries too at a later date. Right. Very good. Okay, well, let's go to uh, Mr. Arthur and, and Pastor Cooper. I don't know if you have any questions or comments in regards to uh, the uh, discussion about the cemeteries or questions for uh, uh, Pastor Wade. We'll go to you first, Pastor Cooper, then we'll go to Mr. Arthur. Great. I'm encouraged, Pastor, of all of your uh, work that you're doing. Matter of fact, it encourages me because I have a accountability team here in Beaumont, and we're doing the same thing. And it's amazing oh, what you just thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing what you discover when you get into that type of work. And in my hand, you know, uh, we we still Dr. Hagney's uh, saying about the octopus uh, syndrome uh, uh, program that we have the process, and that is, um, you know, even though I'm, I'm running for governor, president of NAACP, pastor, uh, haven't had a chance to practice being a psychologist, but masters in it, and. Uh, Yet I'm, I'm driving around with this ex-veteran, with this veteran, and he's showing me these cemeteries. And uh, here in uh, Southeast Texas, we get a lot of uh, uh, rain and lots of floods, and so we have uh, uh, graves just unearthed, it's sitting on top, sitting crooked, sitting sideways, open. Kids are running through mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's a hazard. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, overgrown, and, and I, I found out about Buffalo Soldiers when I went to Tom Green County. Uh, up there with uh, Sister, uh, Sister Spears, and uh, not knowing that we had a, a Buffalo Soldiers Cemetery right here in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, wow. So we, we wow. yeah, so we, we're working on that. And then there's a church that started off as a, a normal, you know, Caucasian church, now it's a missionary Baptist type church, now closed down. But we found out that there's a cemetery underneath it. It was built, and it's a wow. landmark there that warned mm. them before they even built it. So, I oh mean, there's so much work to be done in that area. Yeah. And so I'm kind of taken aback, but at the same time, uh, you give me energy. Thank you. Thank you. Very Thank good. You. Okay, good. Uh, Mr. Arthur? Yeah, you know, you, you, it's a very interesting discussion. Since you mentioned, uh, somebody mentioned uh, uh, a Friedman Cemetery, the, the, they have an anniversary celebration uh, October 30th uh, this month. And, uh, of course, as you mentioned, they dug up graves to build a freeway. Now, my high school yes. in Ennis, Texas, when they built the new, the new high school, well, you know, it was revealed that they built the old football stadium partially on the graves of black folks, down where, I, even where I'm from. So when I was down there enjoying the football game, you know what I mean? I'm sitting on top of somebody. So uh, now I'm a part of a family plot down in Navarra County, uh, and we have a cemetery committee. Uh, we have a cemetery committee uh, in Ennis also where we're working on those, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know cemeteries there. But uh, but that's a real thing. We need to 
try to find all these cemeteries because what they're doing is, again, like you said, they're just building uh, you know, stuff on top of them. Another cemetery down in Rice uh, that we're working with went down there. The folks had cows grazing in it, right? So, you know, we need to, uh, you know, reclaim our land. Uh, I don't know if we go down on how we do that exactly. Do we go down to the state? Uh, are all the cemeteries registered? Uh, if they are, well, that well, let me let me uh, let me inject this while you were talking. Uh, there's a bill that's been sitting in committee in Washington. Uh, I have written a letter a couple of years ago to one of our senators who sits on this committee. Committee, I have not heard back from him. Uh, but this this bill has to do uh, with black cemeteries across this country. Uh, and, and if this bill could ever get to the floor and be voted on, uh, it would serve as a network. It would be some possible funding for this effort. And uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to write again uh, to our, our state senator uh, concerning this bill. When I found out about it, it was brought to my attention a couple of years ago about this bill. It's been sitting in committee uh, for quite some time, and I'm hoping – to get a response soon from one of our senators concerning it, because he sits on this committee uh, ha- having to do with with uh, the the cemeteries. Now, did you say that that was a state? You said in Washington, and as a state senator, or a United States senator, that you wrote. To, yes. uh, not, one of one of our uh, United States senators. United mm-hmm. States senator. Okay, and then yes. you're going to yes. send it also to the state on the state side as well. Well, I don't know because I, it was brought to my attention, and I've already contacted uh, the senator's office uh, uh, about a couple of years ago. I wrote a letter. I have not gotten. Well, who's the senator? Who's senator? Yeah. Uh, he's saying senator. We got two of them. That was. Which one? Yeah, which one? Do you remember which one you sent? Yes, Senator Yes, Senator Yes, and I don't know what uh, whether he. I, uh, I don't know. I have not. I'm going to write again and try to find a way to uh, just I would like to talk to him about it uh, because he sits on the committee having to do with these uh, uh, African-American cemeteries that have been abandoned. And it's in this bill. It's it's very precise things that can be done for networking, funding, perhaps uh, across the United States. And um, I would certainly like to talk to him or his office uh, going forward to see uh if there's anything that, you know, could be done along these lines. But, yes, he sits on, I find out he sits on the committee uh, that has to do with, with this. I think it has to do with other agricultural matters, but uh, the Black Cemeteries is a part of this bill that was introduced a couple of years ago uh, by well, some other senator. What other um, organizations do you have? Uh, when you go talk with him, are you going to have some more organizations representing you through letters or whatever, or are you just going to go talk to him yourself? I'm, I'm well, I would be glad to have other organizations. In fact, uh, that would be a wonderful thing if, if several organizations uh, could, uh, we could go together and, and work with me in this uh, to appeal to him uh, about this matter that is a very important matter, and it's a national problem. Uh, even in New York, we've had uh, cemeteries that uh, have been built over, uh, and they have discovered archaeological findings. Virginia, just recently, in near Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, there was a cemetery discovered uh, recently, and a church, a very old church, uh, historical black church, 
So we have, this problem is all over the United States. Well, let me give you just a suggestion, you know, before you go talk to him again, because I know, because I know how I know about dealing with corn them. If you just talking to by yourself, yeah, yeah, they're not gonna respond. That's how they already rude. But uh, but but you know, but at least at the very least, do a you go to your local NAACP, have you you know do a you know do a resolution asking them to support it. And this you can mm-hmm. take that with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, you know, take some with but you, but, but, but don't, you know, dealing with corn by oh, yourself, okay. I'm telling you. Well, we we went through our organization, but I don't mind any organization working uh, with us on this effort. And I do know the NAACP president here very well. And any organization that would like to go in with us, then together maybe we can get uh, their attention to get this bill out of committee, on the floor, discussed, and hopefully uh, voted on so we can have help in this area. That's something I'm going to continue to work on. You know, since he Very did good. 19th of June, she did 19th of June, yeah, you know, we hit him with it. Right. Well, you know, yeah. uh, what I find, it, it was admirable, uh, Pastor Wade, to hear you talk about your interest uh, in history as a youngster growing up, because many people... Yeah. Uh, are bored with the uh, subject of, of history. They think it's a waste of time. Uh, but it's so important for us to know our history uh, and know our past. And and that probably will help us to reveal what future uh, that we're headed toward. If we know a little bit about our history, then we know some of the things that we can avoid uh, so that they don't, history does not repeat itself. Because if we don't study it and we don't know what has happened in our past, we're doomed to repeat it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we encourage people to learn more about their history and know how important uh, their history is. And, and I'm, in particular, talking about African American history, Black history, and all of that. Who, because I, we were born and bred right here in Tyler, Texas, right, and we didn't know all of those people that were buried there at, uh, at that uh, Oakwood Cemetery, one of the large, largest, and oldest. That's probably the oldest cemetery in in Smith County, would you say? Yes, it is. And then another one that mm-hmm. was started particularly for black was Westview, uh, right down Westview, the street. Westview, that's Thursday. right. Westview, yes. uh, after but Oakwood is about the oldest uh, in the area. Uh, it's about the, and, and what you just and said, Dr. And it's a beautiful Mc- cemetery. I'm sorry, sir. Which one, mm-hmm. Westview? Yes, West- no, yes. Well, the Oakwood, about- Oakwood is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes, our children, our children really need to know history. Very few of them like it. When I'm substituting and I ask them, uh, raise your hand, you that like history, very few hands go up, if any. But I tell them, start with your history. Talk to your parents, your grandparents, and get to know who your ancestors were. And that makes them more interested when they realize that history starts with you. And if, you, if you're talking to your parents, you talk to your grandparents, great-grandparents, you know, your relatives, and they start telling you about the past, this is one of the ways that you can get some of, of that interest. But they say the more uh, academically uh, inclined students uh, know history, uh, the students who do better and have higher marks and higher grade point averages know history. And this is what I tell the students. You need to know it. Uh, it's very important uh, for your uh, going forward. Uh, those who do well in school, those who do well in different careers, most of them know history. And, and our kids, particularly our African-American kids, 
needs to uh, to understand them, and the parents need to help them understand that until you know your past, you don't really know where you're going. Mm-hmm. That's exactly mm-hmm. correct. Yes, and uh, Dr. Wade and, and my my history and Dr. Wade's history uh, intermingle one into the other. Yes. We're actually yes. related uh, to That's each right. other. And so uh, right. so we, we're deep in studying our, our history and our background and what our ancestors did and what they brought to Smith County and, and Tyler, Texas. It's amazing yes. of, a, of a deep and rich history uh, that we have in the community. Uh, Dr. Hagney, you were trying to say something. Go ahead. Well, thanks about that. He mentioned youth. That is that's so important. Is there is, is there a Boy Scout like Boy Scout troop? I know in some of the states and some of the counties, the Boy Scout group help with the cleanup. Is there a Boy Scout troop in Tyler, uh, in Smith County? Are you were black um, Boy Scout troop. Uh, in, Boy, a black Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Boy Scout troop. Not black anymore. Yeah, I'm not aware of a black one here now. We we had several when I was a boy. We had several, uh, and I'm very proud that I was a part of one of them. But today, I don't I don't know of any black uh, Boy Scout troops that we have here in this area, and, and that's very sad. No, mm-hmm. yeah, we were we were blue we were brownies, the bluebirds, the Girl Scouts. <laughs> I mean, on down the line, and then of course the the, the Boy Scouts. But I can tell you who our who, from this day, Miss Atkins was our. A troop leader, and and I'm, I'm sure a passed away can tell you who his troop leader was, uh, but yeah. it, they don't exist. They don't exist anymore, and so. But the Boy Scouts of America still exist right here in Tyler, yeah. and I, their yeah. office is there across from uh, from Tyler Junior College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they do a lot of volunteer work. Yeah, they do a lot of yes, volunteer work. Yes, they do. And so yeah. you have both both all ethnicities involved in that group. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 and one that was a Boy Scout that was very involved in identifying grave sites. Uh, this was one of the ways that he got his Eagle Scout, uh, is he identified a lot of the grave sites that went around, took pictures, and uh, gathered information. And see, these are the type of things that young people can become involved in, uh, mm-hmm. in being a part of the research. Uh, I do mm-hmm. have young people, by the way, in, in my museum, I have uh, high school and college students coming and, and volunteering and, and doing research and work in my museum uh, on a regular basis. And that's something that I'm very uh, excited about is that I do have some young people coming, uh, college students. They come from out of town. They come from in town. And high school students occasionally I, I have a few. They come in and volunteer and do work uh, in, in my museum. Very good. Okay, very good. Well, you know, history – and the study of history and our ancestors and our background and where we came from helps us to really understand who we are today and mm-hmm. the direction that we're going in, in into the future. And why, you know, I, I have family members who, uh, my father's brothers who went in, into the military. I was the first girl to go into the military and my family and it's only because I, I was just very interested because of studying the history of, of the military and all of that. So once again, it's so important for us to know our history and our background in order to learn more about ourselves. Okay. Any, any final yeah. comments? Uh, 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 so, uh, no, okay, so, you want to share? Go ahead. You mentioned the, the veteran groups are very active, and you mentioned replacing tombstones. Yes. You know, 
they uh, I, someone mentioned that, so that's why I know you probably know this and everything. But yeah, the the Veteran Administration, uh, though I think they, they I think they were were replaced tombstone. Uh, okay. You know, when you, those markers you're talking about, those headstones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I will check into that. Uh, I would definitely check into that because we, like I said, we we need to improve uh, these cemeteries. Uh, people will be surprised who are buried there. Uh, men of that, I've had so many people calling me since I've uh, been in the news uh, uh, that they were so shocked and so glad that somebody was finally working on some of the cemeteries where their people were buried. I've had people all out of California uh, to call me uh, that uh, they are so excited. They heard about uh, uh, the discovery of some of the recent uh, cemeteries, and they have one lady has a grandmother buried in one of the cemeteries, and she's uh, so excited and shocked uh, to know that we are that we are going into these cemeteries and cleaning them up. So you it, you don't know who it's going to affect across these United States, not just in this area, when we start doing something like this, because uh, people have scattered and moved away into other places, and they're glad Florida. Yes, I've had several across the country to call me, and they're calling me just about every week. Okay, very good. Well, we're, we're global people, and uh, we're helping to shape the world, and the world is helping to shape us. So it's good for us to study history, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any final, yes. Any final comments in regards to uh, uh, to your historical society, uh, Pastor Wade, or anything else that you want? Just reiterate how people can find you. And for those that are listening out there that may be interested in joining and helping to clean the grave sites, just donating, um, volunteering a couple of hours. Volunteerism is very, very powerful, yes. very important. Uh, go ahead. Yes. Uh, I'd like to say that, uh, yes, and volunteer, uh, we have had even uh, some on probation have been getting uh, hours uh, at various times. They have helped in cleanup. We've had uh students in college and high school getting hours uh for volunteerism and so we have more getting ready to come from some of the high schools but uh yes if they just contact me uh larry wade uh 903-452-3310 or you can write uh, uh p.o box uh, uh nwhs and care of larry wade at p.o box 8090 tyler texas 75711 you can email me at larry joy L-A-R-R-Y-J-O-Y-0-4 at yahoo.com. So there are several ways, you know, to get in contact with me, and we would be glad to uh, give you uh, a more perspective on what we are doing. I would like to say the black church is so important, too. Uh, This is where a lot of information is disseminated, and I'm going to start making a greater effort like I used to to go back to the black church, uh, and if more people that go to church uh, and, and, and the Greek organizations, uh, fraternities and sororities and service organizations, uh, you know, this is where we have gotten through the years a lot of our information, NAACP, et cetera. So if people would just listen to the announcements, and we're going to be reaching out more to, to get the information out to the churches, to the organizations, the Greek uh, fraternities and sororities, and service organizations so that they'll know what we are doing. But that's, that's a way you can contact me, uh, several ways uh, that I just mentioned. And, and we're going to continue to do all we can. And I'm very proud of the fact that many whites are helping us, and they are very interested uh, in what we are doing, and, and they've been very supportive in the white community. 
Very good. Very good. I, I appreciate that. Appreciate your coming in. Because speaking of history, boy, uh, we we can say unequivocally that uh, General Colin Powell has left an amazing history that that we will be talking about the next generation and the next generation will be talking yeah. about General Colin Powell for years to come. Yeah. A great legend. That's why it's important for us to know exactly what he did while he lived on this earth and what he brought uh, to this nation uh, and, and how he left and how uh, the COVID-19 is a part of, of our history. You know, uh, I, I stop and I think about uh, our ancestors that have gone on, that they didn't have to deal with what we're dealing with now. But guess what? Because they made us uh, the kind of people that, that, that we turned out to be, that we can deal with uh, pandemics, so we can deal with the atrocities that we have, uh, that we deal with day to day. It made us stronger people because we had strong people who left the legacy for us to continue to follow. So history is really, really important. And then history tells us exactly who we are. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that we came from. Okay? Yes. Would you guys agree? Yes, yes I, I okay. would agree. And, and I want to say when my children were growing up, we took them as we visited uh, cities and took vacation. We took them to museums, uh, places of culture, even the church. We took busloads, and I would always take them to museums and places of cultural interest. Education is not just to be learned in a textbook, but when you go out there and actually see places and and, and, uh, get a chance to observe them uh, with the natural eye, uh, that's very educational to young people. Uh, and we've had field trips in this organization the last few years. We have gone to Austin to visit museum, Dallas. Uh, we're planning to go to Tulsa to visit the Black Wall Street Museum when the pandemic uh, subsides. We've been postponing for the past two years because of that. But this is educational to our young people when they get a chance to visit these places, colleges, black colleges, HCBUs, and, and uh, other places of, of cultural interest and historical significance. Uh, this is very important, and I had that experience growing up as a boy to go on many field trips, and I did that as a and as a pastor to take young people and and adults on field trips. Very good. Thank you so much for for that, uh, Pastor. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Now we're going to reflect back, uh, gentlemen, and, and feel free to stick around and, and, and join us in the conversation if there's any comments. And well, just we'll, we'll start with you, uh, Pastor Larry, and ask you if any um, if, if uh, Colin Powell had any um, how you felt about him, if, if he had any input into your life and. And from just observing him, I, I, I know you're not military, but that doesn't matter simply because not only did he have an impression on people who were were military, and we know Mr. Arthur military, and we know that uh, Dr. Hagney is military myself, but Pastor Cooper started out talking about the uh, the imprint that that he had, Colin Powell, General Colin Powell had on yeah. his life. So, yes. so tell us yes. how you felt about it. Go ahead. Well, I, I was very impressed uh, many years ago with Colin Powell, the fact that here was a black man that was moving up and was achieving what he was to be 
the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, to be uh, to be what all the different positions, the different presidents of both parties uh, recognized him. He was not just uh, 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 you know one party, but he he worked with both parties. Uh, he was highly respected by both parties, by most Americans, and this showed that uh, here's a black man that uh, could also be successful uh, in many areas, the military, the military area, and also uh, in the area of of our government in running our government. I think at one time he was looking at the possibility of running for president uh, of the United States, and I do believe that he could have been. But I was very inspired. And, and that's, that's, this is where history again comes in, is when we look back and see, uh, just like I think it was General Benjamin Davis, uh, senior and junior, also were great generals uh, in our past. Uh, and and, and just, uh, he will go down in history as one of the truly great uh, African-American leaders of our time. And, and I hope that more young people will learn about his life and be inspired. But it's just like Thurgood Marshall on the Supreme Court, our first Supreme Court justice. These, yeah. This is why we need to know uh, what our Shirley Chisholm, I'm just thinking Barbara Jordan. Uh, when I was growing up, all these people inspired me. Uh, uh, in fact, when I was a little boy, believe it or not, I had said I was going to be the first uh, black president of the United States. <laughs> uh, that's what I said when I was a little boy. But that's awesome. that changed. That changed uh, over the years. I just said, if I can just be of service to others, that's the thing that inspires me is helping others. Yes, but Colin Powell would truly go down in history as a great American. Absolutely. American. Very good. Very good. Very good. Thank you so much for that. Okay, gentlemen, let's, let's, Mr. Arthur has already told us that he forgave him for uh, <laughs> that was funny. I was going to be president too But Barack Obama uh, came That's the right time of, of Ten years here <laughs> Yes, yes Well, uh, when Obama became president I think so many realized That a dream had been realized Well, I was president of NAACP So I guess I wasn't specific enough In my dreams <laughs> Well, I've been a leader in so many organizations that I didn't plan to be a leader of and started so many things. And uh, until Mm -hmm. I've had a chance to experience, uh, you know, leadership, uh, I think we were talking about that yesterday at church, uh, the leadership and and what it means uh, to be a leader. And and it it really, I think leaders, uh, from from childhood, uh, they are molded to be leaders. They are molded to be Mm -hmm. leaders. not something you always aspire to be, uh, but uh, you are you are prepared for it through different experiences. And and we need more of our young people to prepare for leadership or be prepared to know that they yeah. can lead. The Chappie James was I called him power when I was in. You said what? Well, um, what was that, Mister? Chappie James. I said Chappie James was I would call him power when, when I was in the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. He was good too. Yeah. Very good. Oh yes, 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 yes. And and Martin Luther King and all of that generation uh, was inspirational. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, uh, like I said, at home. All these leaders, uh, you know, we talked about them, and you know, over the years, Jesse Jackson, etc., Ralph Abernathy, uh, and on and on and on. You know, when I was growing up, these were people that inspired us, Chief, and you can do, and you can better. 
your situation. I almost met Jesse Jackson years ago when he came to Tyler. I came very close to meeting him. He was supposed to come to our church, but uh, some things changed with his schedule when he was running for president. And uh, Mm -hmm. so anyway, but still, I've got to see several presidents uh, from a distance, and I was inspired, you know, by by that experience. Okay, uh, Dr. Hagney, any comments from you? And then we'll go to uh, uh, Pastor Cooper. Unmute. Un- yes. Yeah. yeah, times like now, calling for uh, other individuals like Colin Powell. You know, Colin Powell, he looked, he looked for, he created a lot of things, uh, a lot of changes in the military. Uh, he was a leader. He was created. So I would say right now, time is looking for other Leaders step forward. They've already been chosen. They've been identified. God identified. They just need to step forward. We need we need Colin Powell's of the future to step forward. And they're going to step forward, understanding Colin Powell, what he was about, and everybody else. This time now is calling for other great leaders. And that's what we should be uh, passing on to our youth now, uh, to, to, to be that leader of the future. Uh, the stuff I have the courage to step out. Don't be swayed by what you see, whatever like that, like Colin Powell. Now the time is asking for who are the future leaders? You know, who going who are we who will we be talking about another five or ten years from now? Or will we be still talking about people ten and fifteen years prior? Time now need new leaders to step forward, uh, to move forward in the future. Because, like we said, if we don't, history will repeat itself. So now we need some new leaders to step forward uh, and make That's a it. difference. And think about Colin Powell and be the future Colin Powell in uh, future history. That's very good. Outstanding. Great point. And, and you know something? And then it's imperative that that those who are in leadership positions like you guys are that you reach back and that you pull and train somebody right now. I tell I tell people the minute you become an elected official, you should be looking mm-hmm. around to see who it is that can take your place once you get out of the way because you're yeah. not going to be in those positions forever. So we should always be training somebody to take the next space in the next position that you're standing in because you may even be moving up to another position, but you want to make sure that somebody's trained uh, to uh, to carry on the work. It takes all of us working together to make sure that that work is carried on. And you know what was interesting uh, in regards to Colin Powell, everybody kind of, because his wife, I think, was a, was the one who got COVID first or she was a little under the weather and they were expecting her not to do so well, but you, you just can't, you can't ever tell uh, how this COVID is going to affect an individual. And then we talk about um, speaking of, of people who are ill and caregivers and all of that. That's why I I really push uh, that people who are caregivers that make sure that they have adequate help, uh, so that so that they don't end up uh, breaking themselves down and getting sick so that while they're trying to take care of uh, their loved ones. And I see that all too frequently 
that the person who actually that you thought was uh, was maybe leave before the person who was the caregiver, sometimes the caregiver mm-hmm. ends up leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to make sure that that uh, that people take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's what's crucial. So let's let's talk a little bit more about um, about these breakthroughs uh, that happen because there there's just so much misinformation out there in regards to to COVID-19 and, and those who are vaccinated and those who are, uh, are unvaccinated. So uh, so what's a person to do? What, how can we continue to be able to educate people to make them see and understand? Now, the question, the question that I have for everybody tonight is we know that, that – uh, some some organizations, some some companies, uh, uh, some some governments are making uh, the COVID nineteen a mandate, and if you don't get it, then you could end up losing your job. And so, so what what's interesting uh, to me is that I hear the comparison that people are saying. Well, uh, let me use as an example. Seems like everything is so political now. But uh, there are some people that believe in the right to have uh, as many uh, military-style weapons as they so choose, uh, and they believe in the death penalty, but they don't believe that a woman should decide uh, between she and her physician and her uh, spouse uh, exactly how she should guide and direct her, her life and her body. So... Uh, so then now the people are saying, well, um, uh, you can't make me take a vaccine. Uh, and then some say, well, uh, it's, what about public health? And if, it's, if COVID is a public health crisis, then uh, is it up to the government to decide to keep us safe or not? Uh, so we know we're in a public health crisis, uh, Dr. Hackney. And so um, so I just want to hear from, from the team as to what your thought process is uh, in regards to um, uh, after the death of uh, Colin Powell. And we'll, we'll say we'll go to Dr. Hackney first, and then if, even if uh, Pastor Larry wants to make comments, and then we go to uh, uh, Mr. Arthur, and then we'll go to Pastor Cooper, Dr. Hackney. Mm-hmm. Well, thoughts? you know, my thoughts are this virus, uh, this virus is real. Uh, this virus is in control. Uh, we're in a big experiment right now. Uh, when, when early on, the when early the, the decision about see what it is, it documents how how our educational system has told us. Public health you. If we look and see where public health is taught in these United States, I think it's almost at the master's degree level where you really get public health. So the, and the first thing should be talked about how you want to put public health back into our educational system, starting from daycare center all the way up. Another component of this virus is uh, those. So apparently there were a lot of people sleeping in biology classes. It's evident. This virus is real. And when people don't understand it, that's why education is the key. Now, sure, also historically that we will lose a lot of people. Uh, that's very biblical. 
Uh, we're going to lose a lot of people because they are going to take those stands. But then also there are leaders who are responsible for their people, whether it be your household or your company or your, uh, you're responsible for people, particularly when you know what's real and what's true. And so this is why you have countries, I think, uh, I'm going to name them, they New Zealand, some of these other countries, have taken an aggressive stand. Look what they're, look what they're compared to what we're seeing here. But we need to and when Colin Powell is illustrated earlier about the immune system and also why you need a booster. No one has these vaccines were gonna last forever. We don't know that much about the the vaccines to say that. But we do know we have the technology science And Dr. Hagner, you're you're going in and out, but I, but I, well, let sorry. me let me make yeah let me make just one little point, and then we we'll go back to you. And and that point is, people are saying, well, how long, how long does that uh, uh, that immunity last? Uh, and we really don't know the answer to that. But I can tell you this: uh, the immunity for uh, a newborn baby. Uh, can only last about six months, and from from that mother, you know the the baby is immune for a while, and that's why you start giving uh, infants uh, the measles and rubella and all of those uh, vaccines because that baby has to be protected because it's no longer uh, connected to its mother's placenta. That's all done and over right. and gone. So we really right. don't know how long. That's why they came up with the booster, right, uh, to try exactly. to protect as much as possible. And so so those are things that we have to uh, make sure that people know and understand is that sure. how long even – okay, go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Go ahead. Sure. I think it's important to say that, you know, okay, Nicole, for the last 10 years, he, he he was battling he was battling uh, melanoma right. and Parkinson, so he had mm-hmm. two the last ten years. So his immune system was not you know strong as everybody else. So he had some immune yeah. issues already. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, multiple you know, so myeloma, he had blood cancer, and the right wing, and the anti-vaxxers and the right wingers, they're gonna take him, they're gonna do their thing with it. But basically, I say you know we need to understand, folks need to understand that. You know, he you know, he had had two serious diseases for like ten years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Pro- prostate cancer, uh, multiple myeloma. He had blood cancer. I mean, and right. then of course it went into his bone. So he had right. a lot of issues going on medically. Okay. But somebody gave him. He didn't give COVID to himself. Is my point. Someone mm. gave him COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 He, was yeah. exposed. he was exposed. He was exposed to COVID. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat, Pat Cooper, any comments from you? Yes. Uh, great, great show. Great comments. Uh, some things I want to just bring up is that uh, when's the last time you hear of anyone having polio? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm just go. saying, you know, so. So, so the vaccines work. Uh, so let's stop being silly. Uh, and and I, I don't even entertain it anymore. The other thing is, is that um, 
I remember about uh, 25 years ago or so when uh, in private sector and corporations, they introduced this little thing called drug testing. You know, everybody got on that kick of, of drug testing, and, and there were people actually lost their jobs because they refused. They said, uh, it, it's against my uh, uh, rights. Uh, right. You know, you, you're taking my rights away from me by finding out what I do after hours or what I do even when I'm at work. And, and, and the employer said, well, you're operating my equipment and you're putting other people in danger. You know, so we, we have to just slow down long enough. And that's why I love my father. He was a passive person. And the older I get, the more I think. I'm a thinker now, and I slow down. And then when I get the knowledge from God, and I, then, then I, I speed up. And, and then I, I, I just let the words uh, do my talking. I, I don't have to fight you. I don't have to uh, create an insurrection on January 6th, which I'm not going to be doing that anyway because my birthday is on the 14th of January. So I'm going to be planning the birthday party. <laughs> but but I'm not doing these things to, to, to bring light to something that you fought for. Uh, uh, and so, and that is the right for corporations and businesses to run them as they see fit. And to this day, uh, uh, they are doing that. But then when it comes to these political issues, we exacerbate them and to the point where it's a, a words of war and, and become violent. And so I, I don't have time for it. That's very good. Because you know something, it, it was a it was a sense of relief uh, when these vaccines came out because we were all sheltered in, uh, afraid to uh, to be out around people because we had no real protection. But then there was a sense of relief, would you say, when when the vaccines came out, that now we have some form of protection so that we can get back to some form of normalcy in our day-to-day lives. Go ahead. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll just jump in and jump out again. Yes. And and you're right. So I find myself in certain groups, and and I know when I'm in a group when when people have been vaccinated, and, and I feel protected. I mean, I even relax a little more. I walk in with my mask, but, after you know, after I sit at the table and I'm with my inner circle, the folks that I know that's been vaccinated, right. all that's of right. the shots. And, and now the conversation is talking about the booster. So, I mean, exactly. I, I, there's a sigh of relief that I'm protecting my family when I'm out there doing the essential work that I need to do. Very good. It's outstanding. Uh, you sure Pastor Wade, you come, go, go ahead. <laughs> what, I'm sorry, it, what was that, Mr. Arthur? It, 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 it sure got you vaccinated, didn't you? Yes, she did. And, and like I said, I've never been handled so carefully with, uh, than I was in Tyler, Texas. And, and most of the nurses there were African-American. And when it, uh, uh, yeah. uh, did, uh, my procedure was, and I mean, I didn't even know. We had to go back <laughs> and, and right. look at the, the situation because I was like, wow, when, when did she do it? There was no pinch. <laughs> there was no aggression. No pinch. I mean, she no. handled me with care and love. So. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Great, great point. I, 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 Pastor Wade, are you still with us? I don't know if you yes, have any I, comments. Okay, yes, go, go I, right ahead. Well, I was thinking about, um, uh, I enjoyed what everyone has said, but I, uh, what, what disturbs me is that I've never seen health issues be so politicized as they and are now. Um, 
years ago, uh, it didn't matter about the party uh, when it came down to uh, things that was given to us about medical uh, issues. Uh, we all was in favor of whatever it would take. And so today, uh, this really disturbs me. This is a disturbing trend uh, that if we politicize health issues, uh, we, we, we're going to we're going to continue to create a problem. We've had so many people to die. It seemed like it's so little regard for life. I've lost several relatives from COVID That's and true. friends. Yeah. We all have too. Yeah. And so it seems like we have lost uh, the respect and regard for life. And uh, I've, I've been fully vaccinated. I want to add. And got my booster, and I'm so glad I have not gotten COVID yet. I hope I don't. Uh, but uh, it just seemed like good common sense uh, when when science, the medical uh, 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 technology that we have today, uh, have been developed to help us to have a better quality of life. Uh, you know, we have a right to to make decisions and to choose what we want to do. Uh, but when that right infringes upon the rights of others. Uh, you know, the Constitution give us rights, uh, but when those rights infringe upon the rights of others to bring them home, uh, then I think we have a serious problem. So if I refuse, if I refuse to do something uh, that's going to uh, uh, hurt other people, we are in a community. We are not by ourselves. No man is an island. No man stands alone. And so we are in a community. So we, whatever we do, whatever decisions we make, it is our right to make that decision. But when it affects others, that's when we need to give it more consideration. Uh, Pastor, you got some folks that you use in this moment to do germ warfare. You do understand that, don't you? Some folks, some folks actually liking this. They're, it's like germ warfare, a free, a free shot of germ warfare on people. You know, so mm. folks, they, they're at war. I'm telling you, they want some folks dead. Uh, we lost mm. three and a half years of life expectancy behind this thing. You know, mm, yep. so, you know, we get misinformation. We get misinformation pumped into our community, trying to keep folks from getting a shot and all this type of stuff. So, mm. hey, I'm just saying, it, it, you know, you know, it, been, you know they're not playing. I'm beginning, mm. I'm beginning to wonder about what you just said. I've been wondering. Surely we don't have people who want folks to die. Uh, oh, surely you do. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Well, you know what? You have just really helped me because that, that is a thought that have, I've been wondering about lately. Because when you see the statistics, when you hear the medical facts about what COVID does and how we need the vaccination, I cannot understand why that is not being promoted more from the government yeah. entities and the powers that be. You know, sure. We've that talked about we, it on the show. Well, let me finish it for you. Okay, we talked about it on the show. And basically behind the demographic shift, demographic shift, among white America, has scared the Obama scared them first, and then the the, the 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 you know understand the demographic shift. So you know they're trying to rig the election so we won't have power, uh, you know, to make up for the numbers that they lose. And and then it's and then this uh, COVID is just another opportunity to kill off some more people. Like I said, we lost three and a half mm-hmm. years of life expectancy. So mm-hmm. you know, but if that's true, that is so sad. That is tragic, and we need to wake up. And we need to do whatever we need to do to survive. It's just like when you're out there in warfare, uh, in violent warfare, you do what you need to do to protect yourself. And I know Dr. McKellar is well aware of that uh, because she has been in battle and you all have been in military 
battles and situations. So if this is true, then we have to protect ourselves. We have to do what's necessary. Uh, to, and right. this is really a tragedy. I, I've, I've never seen it like this, and I know you all have not either. All, in, in all of my life, I haven't seen anything like this. And, and well, the Holocaust absurd. was real. I mean, you, you have to understand the Holocaust is real, even though they're trying to say uh, that it wasn't, and there's alternate uh, views and situations. So if that was real, and someone said earlier tonight about history repeating itself, we have to. I think that's you said that we have to look back at history so it don't repeat itself. And that's this mythical bird uh, example that Africans use, and it's this bird is actually I forget the name of it. It's piercing over his shoulder, but the shoulders are squared up in front of you. And if you played any sports at all, they tell you in order to go forward, you need to square your shoulders up to move forward. Mm-hmm. But the bird has his head turned backwards just a tad, looking backwards but moving forward in order to make sure that there's progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very good point. Very good point. And I hope that more people uh, realize what they need to do for survival, you know, uh, survival of the fittest. We have to do whatever's necessary to save ourselves and our families and our friends and our communities. And so I strongly encourage people to do what's necessary to save their lives. Well, I'm going to share with you, gentlemen, uh, when it was time for us to get ready to go to war. And uh, myself, as well as my battle buddy, the late Colonel Rose Hazlick, and I were uh, we were in charge of uh, vaccine clinics preparing to go to war in 2003, and we had to line up. And those who were not up to date with those vaccines, uh, and a lot of these big, tall, six-six guys mm. that were fall out on the floor <laughs> because they were afraid of a needle. And while they were down there, we did boom, 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 boom. Okay, so sometimes <laughs> they got 10, 12. You know, you military people know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yes. Oh, Injecting yes. them. Oh. Then we say, give them some smelling sauce and wake them up. So we had them down on the floor. They had to take those. We had to We had to take those vaccines in order to go into these foreign countries so that we didn't come away with all kinds of whatever it was that we may have run into out there. So vaccines are not new to us. Now, yeah, there are many talking about what happened in the Tuskegee experiment, but this is a new day. Of uh, we, We're not dealing with the Tuskegee experiment. Yes, I understand. Yes, we're all very angry of what happened to our ancestors during the Tuskegee experiment and, and others. Not, that was not the only one. There was others that were out there. But we have, we have lots of people of color, lots of women, black women, various people of color okay. who are at the helm of making these vaccines. And so uh, so these things hey, that happened during right, the Tuskegee let me catch you right quick. 58% of the, uh, uh, you know, folks that are not vaccinated right now are Republicans. They're Republicans. Yes, sir. Not black folks. Yes, sir. No, we're catching up. Yeah. We're catching up. Uh, it's Republicans that's not getting vaccinated. So they're the problem, and we all know why. So, you know, so, you know, so we're, not, you know, we're not the leading problem now. You know, Republicans are. Well, I'd like to inject that when we started school, even in the first grade and elementary and on through, we were required to get certain vaccinations. Yes, it's a requirement. 
uh, even right. in school. Couldn't, get in, couldn't be in school unless you got them, right? That's but right. But it still is. But they still is. But it still is allowed. But that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. They're just freaking out over this vaccine. I'm telling you, it's the same as it was. No. It is the same. It's the same. It is same identically way. the same. Yeah, you can't come to that with all that. You're right. And now, well, well, that's why I mentioned a little early on, uh, six months, the baby has its mom's immunity for six months. After that, we start, even before then, we start taking the the babies to get their vaccines. Every one Mm -hmm. of us, anybody who had children, had to take the children to the pediatrician, to get their vaccines. I remember very well taking both of my children. I remember very well getting them myself. Do you, this do you is guys political, remember when the, it's political? This whole thing is a politically inspired situation. If you're trying to explain it logically, it ain't going to never work because it ain't That's logical. Right. So, right. so this is a political this is a political thing. It's not something about, oh, I don't like vaccine. No, no, no. It's like political. And and that's what that's we've true. never seen. Somebody take something like well, that and turn it into it's a It's so political that when they do get vaccinated, they're not even telling you that they're getting vaccinated because exactly. they have folks that get vaccinated yeah. because their wife yeah. is pregnant. Yeah. They're getting vaccinated because they have to go see grandmother in the hospital or the nursing home, and uh-huh. they're requiring you to get vaccinated and have proof of that vaccination. So, and they want, uh, yeah, it, 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 and, and they want you to be talking about your rights in the midst right. of all of that. Well, even right. uh, yeah. our pets, even our pets, we uh, get vaccinated. I have two little puppies <laughs> I just got the other day, and uh, I had to I take them to the veterinarian. It was time for of them uh, to get their uh, get their shots. Last Friday, I took my two little puppies. They just eight weeks old, and uh, they <laughs> it was time. Vaccinated. Hey, hey, Pastor, watch this. You're going to scream when you hear this one. If you go to certain uh, grooming places, if they have not had up to date shots, they won't even accept them in there. But but no one's screaming and shouting about Democrat and Republican. So you're trying to tell me that uh, Petco and PetSmart and all those folks, they are Democrats now? That's right. Right. Okay, guys, well, let's jump in here and let's talk a little bit about January the 6th uh, before we end. We got about 15 minutes, more about 14 minutes or so left uh, before the show ends for tonight. It's been amazing information, and we thank uh, uh, Pastor Larry Wade for being on and bringing us uh, great information out here. But we know that Trump sues uh, the uh, committee, the National uh, Committee, uh, to try to keep his records uh, from uh, being uh, – placed out there to the public about his part in the January 6th uh, insurrection. Uh, any comments uh, on that? We know that uh, more and more is being revealed, things that we already knew uh, took place, uh, that he was, uh, he was the real culprit. Now, we know that Steve Bannon uh, should be already be in jail, but we know that he's not. But what are your thoughts, gentlemen, on, uh, on, on trace, the fact they, that they, they, they tracing the, the money? Because y'all have you always have to follow the money. Gotta anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so Trump actually said four point six million dollars that he actually financed the thing. 
that he 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 financed that thing. <laughs> he financed the resurrection. I mean the I, I mean the insurrection. Hey hey, you know what? We need to have a hey, we need to have a resurrection, don't we? But anyway, uh, he got caught. He he he, yeah. he he financed the whole thing. I mean, so they were serious. Look here, they had been playing that thing like 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 they you know Jordan you know he's shaking in his boots because you know he be, he's in on it. But they was playing that thing like like about a year out, like out of you know like a, like a year before. Right. So they was I mean hey, it was serious. It was serious. It was coming for your it was coming for your freedom for real. Stand down, stand oh. by. They're serious about that. He's serious about that. And These people are serious. These are fascist guys. These are fascists, I'm telling you. And we got the biggest fascists in the nation right here in Texas, Abbott and that crew, all them right there. Yep. <laughs> so so it's said that Trump, uh, Trump's campaign money, because, you know, he has a lot of that paid, $4.3 million, right? I believe that was the amount to organize this whole thing. Mm, yeah. And then to know that people lost their lives. <laughs> they talk hey. about life as though it's nothing. They care less they about life than these are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 the crazy green lady. You know, he ran a with her down where she was talking up. She said, y'all can't, y'all can't just go to the Capitol. Y'all got to go inside. That's your building. You pay everybody in there. Don't just go. go. I mean, like she told them, I mean, everything they did, they got her on tape yep. saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's even, right. Even some, of the, even some of the security guys were involved. Was one of the, was there one of the police? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Is that the one committed suicide? Oh, really? No, no, no. No, we have several committed. But lately, committed suicide. Oh, during, oh, no, during, not right that, after no, the January sixth. Oh, oh okay. no, 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 no. It's like last. It's like a few days ago. Oh, it's a few days ago. So, yeah, they, they arrested that this guy that that was trying to come for one of the uh, September sixth insurrections. Okay. You know, so mm-hmm. so yes, they arrested him. Gotcha. Well, the, okay. Yeah. The thing that disturbs me is that in 2021 that we have such division in our country. Uh, it yeah. is, you know, we we know from history. That's why, again, it's good to know history. Uh, yeah, but 2021, 2021 is bringing out the fact that our country is very divided, and we really need to work closer together uh, to, yeah. to unify our country. People are really tired. They're sick and tired, really. Uh, of a lot of things that have been going on these last several years, and we really need to uh, work harder uh, to unify because a lot of the issues, again, are non-political. They have to do with with humanity. Uh, It has to do with what's the right thing to do, the proper thing to do, to help uh, build our country to be the country uh, that it ought to be. And so a lot of the things that we are seeing and witnessing in these last several years is certainly going against uh, the direction that our country needs to be going in. That's the way I feel about it. Well, I want to say this is what change looks like. This is what change looks like. You know, change is always messy, kind of like politics. It's messy. And so right now everything is, you know, but there is a method to the mess, and, and the method is for you and myself and everybody stay sane stay uh focused and, mm-hmm. and 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 be what you think 
America ought to be. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you know, you got you know, folks looking at you. So if they're looking at you, then you are that example. You ain't got to be hollering. Just be you. Yeah. And then just, yeah. And, and just don't give up your principles. Don't give up right. your position. The fact of the matter mm-hmm. is, America mm-hmm. don't have no more rights than the lowest black person. Any That's right that we get, all America get it. So so what's good? So what's good for us is good for America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you said it earlier, Facebook. Arthur. Uh, about uh, General uh, Colin Powell, uh, uh, or maybe Pastor said, uh, you know, when when you say we want to raise up more people to be like him, well, it's not that we need more people to be like him. We have people out there just like him. The problem we don't have is that we don't have the majority of the country or 50% of the country following that type of leadership because I believe that's one of the reasons why he didn't run for president because he's more of an independent thinker and he went with the voice of moral authority, except for the two times with uh, Brother Arthur uh, Dingding. But other than that, like I said, we live and we learn. Uh, so you don't have that, that following. Uh, and so it, it makes it difficult for someone to step out there and do the right thing. So I, I say that those of us and all of us, it's not just in leadership, but in fellowship. You, you can't uh, serve as a leader until you learn how to follow. And, and that's exactly. why I... I I, I grew up as an armor bearer. I grew up a, as a servant. Uh, when I got in yeah. the highest position, I made sure when I had on a tailor-made suit, my first one, I washed the car in and got it got it wet uh, to remind myself that uh, in order for me to maintain the position I was in, I need to keep that highest position, and that's that of servitude. Yeah, cool, cool. that's hey, cool. Hey, cool. Hey, cool. I got what you're saying. There are two kinds of leaders. There are servant leaders. And then there's them other ones. There's a servant leader, and then there's the leader that serves themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them other ones. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to say earlier that good followers uh, make the best leaders. Uh, and that's Absolutely. something that I have uh, over the years is how to be a good follower. In fact, I really wasn't. Uh, trying to be a leader when oftentimes I was put into that position, but I learned to follow and to build up the leader and to uh, to uphold those who are in power if they're doing the right thing. So that's what I say. Good followers make good leaders. And you said the right servants. We need more servants. You know, there there are people who want to be listened. They want to have a voice. There are people, they're looking for good leaders. They're listening. Uh, we see this. Uh, we, we talked about this earlier throughout East Texas. But, you know, the blessing. There are people who want to see good leaders. They want. There are some followers here. They just need some leaders to step out and lead and and, and stay and, and stay focused. And so I, okay. we see that. I think I say that's the future. I tell you, people, the future of Texas is East Texas because there are a lot of people in East Texas. You know, they they are focused. They just need someone to step out and lead them. You know, and, 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 and also we need to grow people in Texas. we got to stop bringing, you know, people from outside of Texas telling Texas people how to do things. You know, we need to <laughs> trust our own people right here in Texas. And we said earlier, we need to grow our own people here in Texas because there are people here in Texas that, that are ready to grow, they're ready to develop, and they want to stand out and, rec- and people recognize who they are. Just listen to them, you know, and, and, that, and that's what we need. Very good. That's so, good so true. That's so true. So true. Okay, let's wrap it up. Let's do our final comments, everybody. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm I'm just overwhelmed with uh, 
with everything that's going on all around us, but we have to stay focused and not let these things that are going on around us uh, preclude us from moving forward and doing all the things that we know we need to do. Exactly. But we, exactly. we just look at it, it's just so unfair that that we look at all of these things that this guy, uh, this past guy that should not even be in the news, he, uh, he needs to learn how to be a past president. And uh, but he's creating so much havoc uh, in mm-hmm. this nation uh, that it's just, just unbelievable. As if we don't have enough havoc going on with us trying to get control over the pandemic that we're in, and we're in so many different pandemics. But I'm I'm talking about the pandemic of COVID. Uh, because we can work on these other pandemics, such as racism, such as the inequities that we see happening with some people in America. We can work on those things, but but mm-hmm. it's difficult to be able to work on these things if we can't get a hold of of uh, the octopus and having to mm-hmm. bring it in and take That's care right. of all the different issues and things that we have. Dr. Hadney, go ahead with your final comments, and uh, and then we'll do our round robin, and then we'll turn everything back over to Miss Rihanna. Well, I saw it around. I just you, you mentioned octopus. That's what we, we need to learn. We need to learn that. We need to apply that. And uh, you mentioned also we need to stay focused. Uh, and that's what's important: stay focused and not derail in a lot, a lot of things. But just stay focused, and and we'll be, we'll get there. You know, and trust in God and stay focused, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll accomplish what we need to accomplish. Outstanding. All right, uh, Pastor Wade, your final comment. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking on uh, values, uh, the importance of values early being instilled uh, in our children as they grow older. Uh, and if we continue to teach them the proper values, I think we will have leaders uh, uh, in the future that will be prepared uh, to carry our communities and our nation uh, to the heights that it needs to go. Uh, it starts a lot of it in the home. Uh, it starts in the churches, in the schools. Uh, in the community, uh, and that village uh, that have been mentioned, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. We all have a part in mentoring these young people, and I tell them at school a lot of times, you all are our future leaders. So if we can learn uh, to get back to instilling the proper values in our youth, I believe that we will have great leaders uh, on tomorrow. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Um, Mr. Arthur, and then we'll let uh, Pastor Cooper end with any uh, stump speech or any information that he wants to give to us. Mr. Arthur, quickly. Yeah, I want to say, that, you know, we're in a change moment. Be the change you want to see. Uh, you ain't got to go pick it. You ain't got to go none of that. But you need to just, just stand where you're at and just be uh, 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 sane, uh, be thoughtful, and, uh, you know, stay focused on the change because this, this is what change looks like. It looks crazy, but that's what it looked like. We have, to, we have to go have this conversation about, you know, this whole American experiment for us to get to the next level. So, uh, so just hold on. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit rough, but, hey, you know, we're going to make it. There you go. Very good. Pastor Cooper, we'll let you in for us tonight. Thank you very awesome, much, everybody, awesome. for being here been a great evening. Thank you all. I tell you what, I just want to be of service uh, for the state of Texas, ask your next governor, common sense uh, governing, uh, putting uh, jobs out there, paychecks out there, of course, fixing ERCOT. And we all know that we have a problem with global warming. Well, we can fix that.
Together we can. Yes, we can. Mike Cooper, your next governor of Texas. Very good. Thank you so much. We're going to turn it over to Ms. Rihanna and let her take us out for the evening. I thank all you gentlemen for being right here, and we let's come right back here again on next Monday on Marvelous Monday. Thank you so very much. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you. Have a great, great evening. Ms. Good Rihanna? Thanks. Good night. Good night, Rihanna. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure. Oh, no. glory, glory, oh. the heavens no man no weapon formed against yes glory is destined everyday women and men become legends sins that go against our skin become blessings the movement is a rhythm to us freedom is like religion to us justice is juxtaposition in us justice for all just ain't specific enough one son died his spirit is revisiting us true and living living in us resistance is us that's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh. woman and child even jesus got his crown in front of a crowd they march with the torch we gonna run with it now never look back we done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads heroes to become a hero facing the league of justice his power was the people enemy is lethal a king became regal saw the face of jim crow under a ball ego the biggest weapon 
It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win a war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.